When you're dealing with somebody who is angry and they communicate it to you either through yelling or maybe some sort of underhanded insult, the number one thing to help you not respond in an angry manner or de-escalate the situation is actually to allow their anger. I'm not talking about agree. I'm talking about allowing it, which is very different. You're listening to the Bear in Mind podcast, episode 143. A podcast that breaks it down so you can break the cycle for good. Now your host, Tara Rama, but you can call her T. We're flipping it today. I talk about how to manage your anger a lot when it comes to reacting to it through yelling, and we're going to flip it when somebody else is angry, another person, your partner, a kid. And I've got four things to do. You actually only need the first two. And it's going to be, I put all the four things together, and it's definitely going to address if you're dealing with children, teenagers, and your partner. But the first two are really, really important, and they are going to be really difficult to move through because we are not used to dealing with anger, dealing with a person who is feeling angry. We are not taught this. I don't see this in a lot of stuff I read. I've only seen it in books when it talks about nonviolent ways to communicate. Very specific researchers talking about this and putting it into practice. So the first thing is to allow it. We don't allow it. We, A lot of times, unconsciously, we think that person should not be angry. They don't have a right to be angry. They shouldn't be angry in this situation. They're overreacting. All of those things can go through our mind very unconsciously, and we're not even aware of it, and automatically we resist their anger instead of allowing for it. Allowing, when you were talking about kids, allowing that t- tantrum, a tantrum can look a lot different in a toddler than it can in a teener or a teenager. They're still kind of having tantrums. They just might look different. But allowing their anger, allowing the anger that their sibling took their favorite eraser, allowing the anger of a teenager when their best friend doesn't call them back, allowing it even though to you it's not something you would be angry at. You would not feel angry if someone didn't return your text. So It's allowing their anger, and it ties back to the previous episode where you can separate yourself, the way that you think and feel and behave in your own entity, in the way that somebody else, another person, has their own opinions, thoughts, meaning about the same exact situation, and they feel something and they behave in a different way. And you can clearly see this in siblings where where they'll have even a different perspective on their parents. So each person is separate, and you can allow that understanding that that separation, allowing does not mean you agree with their anger, that you you would say, oh, I would be angry in that situation. No, you don't need to go there. You just allow it. And that creates space, and that's the second step, is creating space. When you allow it and say, okay, this person's angry, that's their anger, It's coming from their brain, their mind. That's what it's offering them. That is often what I am thinking when my partner is angry, when my kid is angry, when other people, I have other people (laughs) once a week on my commute, somebody yells at me in traffic. So 
there are people that I don't know and that I know in my life that communicate their anger in different ways to me. And the first thing is I always allow it. That person's angry for their reasons. I might not agree with them, but that's it. And I'm going to give them their space to be angry. So the second thing about giving their space, and I'm going to use a very specific example. This happened, I was with my partner and we were biking to a store. And we were on one of the busiest intersections in our city. So there's the public transportation from the tram, all the automobiles on the street. And he asked me a question. And I'm biking and I'm and I said, I don't know. It's something about our holiday. And I said, I don't know. And then he says something to me, but because of the noise and everything, and because I was focusing on cycling, I'm really not good at doing two things at once. I didn't hear the second follow-up question to that. And he says to me while we got onto a calmer street, he says, what are you just going to ignore me? And I, I was like, I was really confused before I started to get angry at what he said, because he is thinking that I'm ignoring him and I'm thinking I need to focus on cycling. And so what I did is I allowed it. Okay. I said, He's angry for whatever reason, and I allowed him to be angry. I said, give him his space to have it. And often when you give somebody your space, it doesn't mean you're saying anything, but your presence is noted. Sometimes it can be minimal words by saying, okay, I get it. And with children with tantrums, this is also very, very important to give a child's space to be angry. With tantrums, one of the ways that I did this through the help of reading books and practicing it and knowing your kid is that when they're experiencing a tantrum, especially little ones in the toddler phase, their emotions are big, they're flailing their arms, they're hitting or whatever. And the way you can give that space is not to use words because they can't register what you are saying to them, but to be at their level and be present in the situation and sit down. So oftentimes I'll sit with adults. If the person like my partner is upset and he's sitting, I will sit next to him rather than across from him in a confrontational way. Or if he's standing, I'll stand with him. And it's just to know that you're there and your presence is there and you are giving space and you are giving a safe space for that person to be angry. Now, this is very different if you're in a life-threatening, I'm not talking about that kind of anger, that, that is completely different. I'm talking about when somebody is angry, makes a comment, just like my partner, oh, what are you ignoring me? That's, that to me is a very verbal anger. And so what I did when my partner said this to me is I gave space, and then when it was less no- noisy, I said, okay, what was the question that you asked? asked me because I didn't hear you. And he was still angry and he said, never mind. I'm not going to say it again. That is what he said to me. And I said, okay. That was my also the second opportunity to give him space. Okay. I wasn't going to push him to repeat the question that I didn't hear. I wasn't going to say, you know, I could I could sense that I was getting angry. I'm like, oh now my thought at the time was, now you're punishing me because I didn't hear you over all the traffic noise. Instead, I went back to, I allowed it, and then I gave space, 
And then I simply accepted that he didn't want to repeat the question with, it's okay. So space is minimal words, and your and your presence is noted, your attention, and you're there in that moment with that person, and that's it. So the next two parts of this is taking it kind of to the next level. And I would I want to say this is really for when you are in relationships and you want to address some things, especially if you're dealing with older children over the age of 10 over the age of 12, and you're getting into that teenage phase. And so the third thing is to agree. And I recommend this also with younger children, is to agree with their anger. Because a lot of times we don't agree. Because sometimes in younger children, the tantrum is because they wanted the orange cup instead of the blue cup. And they're really, really angry, or they wanted their apple cut into a certain shape or sizes or without the skin with the skin. So we don't agree with a lot of the things little kids are upset about. And when you're dealing with people in your life on a daily basis, being able to agree with them, it doesn't mean that you would react in the same situation. Agreement only means that you can see that that's how the person is thinking is leading to how they're feeling. So in little kids, they don't have the cognitive, but their emotions are coming from some sort of survival mechanism. So it could be hunger, it can be loss of connection, all of these kind of things. And you can see that they, you can agree with that emotion. You can agree that they're angry because this meant that they're hungry or they're tired And you can agree with that. In older children, you can also agree with it with the idea, with the concept that it's coming from how they're looking at it. They're thinking their best friend hates them. That's going to lead to frustration. They're thinking their best friend is tired of them. All All of those things that could happen. And I'm trying to remember what it was like to be a teenager. You can agree with that idea and express your empathy with that idea that I can see how you'd feel that way. I can see why you're angry about it. And this is how we actually practice empathy. It's understanding that the way that that person is perceiving the situation is leading to how they feel. And empathy is that you understand that you could be angry because of the same kind of mechanism, that thought. Maybe not in the same situation, but, oh, because if I looked at it this way, of course I would be angry. That is actually empathy. It doesn't mean that you are in the same circumstance. There's this thing about walking in people's shoes. You actually don't need to walk in somebody's shoes to express empathy, to act out compassionately to someone whose situation, life circumstances are not similar to you. It is understanding that their brain, their thoughts are leading to the emotions exactly the same way that your thoughts and feelings then lead to how you show up, how you behave in your life. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up with the fourth one. And this is really, again, for older children when you are maybe trying to guide some of their anger is to not talk about it immediately. If it's something you are deciding to address, you don't need to talk about it 10 seconds after. You can let them get to a calm 
place and let them process it. And if it's an issue you want to address, you can address it the next day, two days, three days, a week. When you know that they have processed that emotion, redressing it in a calm place and talking about that mechanism of why they're angry and helping them understand it is going to help guide even your partner. It doesn't necessarily have to be with children. Help guide somebody to understanding why they were angry and help you understand what is important to them. Why is it that they're angry? You build connection with someone when you understand that. And so the fourth one is really about if you want to talk about this situation and it's important to you, is that you don't need to do it immediately after. They could still be feeling a little bit of that anger, irritation. And so you want to make sure that they have processed all of it and then come and address it in a calm way when both of you are calm. That's all I have for you this week. I'll check back with you next. Thanks for listening. Listen for a new episode next Tuesday by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Bye for now.